0: Shaggy Lola Salami Show. Um, my name is Shaggy Lola Salami. Um, the Shaggy Lola Salami Show is, an audio, is a once weekly audio podcast set in a virtual cafe. Um, it's about books and publishing, but possibly not the way you're used to. It's not a sort of question and answer type thing, it's more discussion based. If you imagine going to your favorite cafe, meeting someone there for the first time, and just chatting about what the person does. Um, that's kind of like how the show goes. Um, when you've listened to this episode or if you've listened listened to this episode before, I would really appreciate it if you would consider leaving a review, um, via your favorite, you know, podcast app or podcast, um, directory, you know, reviews do help me know what I'm doing right or not doing right. Um, but yeah, so that's out of the way. Um, so this is the first episode back since I attended crime, um, capital crime in London. So back to my regular um, schedule. Um, who have I got in the cafe with me today? Because normally I, like, I prefer for my guests to introduce themselves because they can do a better job of it than I can rather than sort of me sitting down and reading from a book. You know, it's just
1: nicer that way, I think.
0: So who have <laughs> I got here with me today?
1: I <laughs> do have Candace Paul. And I am an author, I, I, right now I'm focusing on Christian fiction, and I am also a publisher as well. So I started a small press publishing company, and yeah, that's, that's what I've been focused on for the past year or so. Hello Candace. that's
0: quite interesting, both an author and a publisher, um, but before we get into the grind of things, um, what, is, well, what, is, what, what can I offer you virtually?
1: well you know I'm actually trying to be a little bit more health conscious lately so I think I'll have a green tea with some honey and a little bit of lemon that sounds really good
0: you know the the weather is getting colder and I think that's just the most ideal thing to have you know, help keep your throat and your 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 nostrils open (laughs) um that sounds good and what would you normally have with that if you were in a real cafe rather than a virtual
1: one Wow well you know I tend to like like caramel macchiato a lot of froth and and cream and those type of things but I'm trying to back away from that a little bit but that's probably what I would get if I were in a cafe.
0: Any pastries to go with it?
1: Oh (laughs) you know and I (laughs) You know, and I shouldn't get one, but I probably would get something like a, a croissant or something like that. And then Yay! I Is I've, that's I've, your favorite.
0: That's my favorite. And that's my daughter's favorite as well. You know, it's like Love every it. time I go to the supermarket, I have to get her one, right? I should just go, <laughs> it's like, it's her TV,
1: it's her TV snack. You know, and it's just, when when you start to, be a little bit more health conscious. It's fine, you know. You could have a little, uh, a little pleasure once in a while. Hey, okay, I'll get my croissant and then I'll walk it off later. You know that type exactly. of thing. You know, it's you know,
0: there's no need for people to be on fat, di- you know, diets because as long as your diet throughout the day is balanced and you have lots of different colors um, or food groups, I think that kind of balances it out. Whereas if you only ever have the healthy stuff. Some days you just, you just go over it's like, you know what, that's it, I've had enough now. Exactly. And then exactly. some of the smokers that I know, they say you're going to die of something anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, you know, and those are the arguments some people make, but you're right, you know, if you, if you try to do certain things in moderation and you focus on the lifestyle aspect of it, you'll probably hit your mark the way that you want to hit your mark instead of like dieting every other week or something, you know? So I completely agree
0: yeah you know um so that's that's you know that's that's just where I I come from as well from that you know from that point of view because again I've got a little girl so I I do not say to her you can't have stuff but then there is like okay well how much fruit how much veg have you had before you yeah. can get your sweeties you know you just can't have sweeties straight away you have to have all the healthy stuff and good stuff and so it makes her look forward to it um rather than go overboard like you know when she doesn't have it and then somehow
1: someone gives it to her that she goes oh yum 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 yum, yum." (laughs) exactly exactly
0: yeah but be that as it may tell me about how you got into publishing how did you did you become an author first and then decided oh you know what i'm going to self-publish my books i might as well start my you know my um publishing company or how did that work
1: for you Absolutely. So so for me, I was an author first. So I had gotten with a publisher who I really liked and I enjoyed. And I was with them for a while. But then I realized that I had certain skills in, in things of that nature. Like I have a background in communications and public relations and things like that. And I said, you know, I could probably do this myself. And you know, I'm also a very creative person as well. I have some art skills and things. So I said, you know, let me just try this myself. So I started the company um, earlier this year, and I had my second book that I was writing and I was finalizing. And so I said, you know, that'll be the first book I publish through my company. And sure enough, we're, we're there. And um, it, it it will be released October 15th. So it has been a a very fascinating experience. I've learned so much, um, but I also realized that you can do this. And so, part of what I do with my company is I help people. Like, if you need some help with marketing, if you need editing help, book formatting, um, literally just maybe even just touching base just to get a few ideas about how to start or just get the ball rolling, I can help with that too so awesome
0: and what's your book called so the first book that you've got coming out in October
1: yes the first book is actually well this is a sequel to my first book spiritual warfare so the second book coming out is spiritual warfare rise to power and so um, that will be available on Amazon you will be able to find it in a few bookstores Um, so you'll be able to find it just type it in online and you can get it Okay so that sort of
0: explains you know how you became you know your own publisher. How did you get into writing? Yes
1: (laughs) well this this story is actually kind of interesting. I talk about it a lot. Um, A few years ago I kind of just took a step back and I, I was watching the news and I saw that humanity had passed the carbon tipping point. And then I saw that there was a lot of racial tension and then the environment is going bad. Then there were a lot of social issues and the economy is just plummeting. And then on top of that, the wealth gap is just widening. Literally the top 1% control about 50% of the world's wealth. And I said, how did we get here? (laughs) literally how did we get to this point where things are so broken um, that that we literally cannot repair it and we're at a point now where we're actually working against our own interest on a lot of different issues and so I thought to myself what if this is like a spiritual thing right? And I I was in a church, and I think we were studying about the concept of spiritual warfare, Um, and I decided to write a book about it, but just in a way with, with fictional characters that people can relate to, to discuss this concept that a lot of Christians identify with, and it's talking about putting on the armor of God and preparing yourself for what the world has coming at you. And so um, that's where it came from, just starting to write. And so every day, I found myself writing, 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 and things were just coming to me rather easily. And um before I knew it, I had an entire manuscript. And then, yeah, and the rest from there is history. Then I started looking for a publisher, and um you know, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of um, pitfalls with that. Sometimes you hear a lot of no's before you hear yeses, but I did end up hearing yeses. And then I ended up getting with my publisher that I, I'm with now. And then eventually I decided to go on my own. So that's how it all started.
0: Awesome. Okay, so now your book sounds quite interesting. Um, and as someone who, you know, I'm Nigerian. And, you know, if you've ever heard news about Nigeria, you know, it's very It's a very religious country, you know, with, Mm -hmm. you know, with people on two sides of the fence, either, well, most people on two sides of the fence, either they're Christians, they're Muslims, and when you're around a lot of the Christians, you know, something that resonates is, you know, spiritual warfare, and, you know, there's a lot of spirituality um, going Mm -hmm. on, especially as the other um, side of the population they're into like you know traditional um you know customs and beliefs right so you know Mm -hmm. all of that sort of goes to the whole spiritual warfare and that's why I found your book you know quite interesting because I wanted to see how it relates to what a lot of religious folks Um, That I know what they say about you know spiritual warfare, and Mm -hmm. I do remember from reading about your book that it was fiction that's supposed to explain something real. Did I get that
1: right? (laughs) Yeah. So so the idea is the concept of spiritual warfare is real to a lot of people, but how the story is told—that's where the fictional part comes in. So the characters are fictional, um, but you'll find. That a lot of the situations that they go through are things that a lot of people can relate to. Um, you know, just the everyday struggles um, the, to make the right decisions. And you'll see that some of these people uh, are going through their lives, and unknown to them, there is a spiritual world that's in the background. And so there is a demon who certainly has a stake in people's lives. And then there's also God who's watching over everybody and sending uh, entities to help as well. So you find that in the book. So you see these people moving along through life and they don't even realize what's going on in the background. And so that's what the book explores, like the invisible world that we don't see or we don't know, but it may be real to a lot of people. So that's what the book is about.
0: Okay. And would you be interested in reading a chapter of your book just to give, you know, give us insight? Because it's one thing to actually hear about the book, but it's nice to be able to read and just sort of listen, you know, to you, the author reading it.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'll definitely read. And I'll, I'll read a chapter from my first book, Spiritual Warfare. My second book is, it's on the way, but I don't have it with me right now, but I'll read a chapter from my book, first book. And um, it is chapter one, and it's called Throne. They will throw them into a blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 13, 42. A man I did not recognize hovered over me. I smelled cigar and various ales on his breath. He was very close to my face. If I lifted my head, He tilted his downward, our lips would have touched. Yet he sounded distant, as if he were speaking from across the room. Sir, are you all right? Can you hear me? He yelled while his strong hands gripped my lapels. He forcefully shook my body, and I could tell he desperately wanted my attention, but why? I was there listening to every word and screaming at the top of my lungs I'm fine, I hear you. Why couldn't he hear me? A woman I knew gasped. Is that Jade? She asked, a man standing next to her. He nodded. A crowd started to gather. Each person looked down at me. Some people looked horrified, while most seemed indifferent or just curious. The frantic man's movements began to slow like someone placed stained glass over my eyes. My vision was blanketed with spots that grew larger until I could only see white The man was no longer visible. I could hear his voice echoing and the onlookers chattering. Soon, that also grew faint and I could no longer hear him or anything. For the first time, I tasted blood in my mouth. Was that my blood? I felt my chest expanding and my lungs gradually filling with liquid. It was getting harder to breathe. Each eyelid fought to remain open. I took a deep breath. I tried to take in as much air as my lungs would allow. Then I exhaled. I immediately knew that was the last time. My heart stopped beating and everything went black. I was alone, surrounded by total darkness. Was I dreaming? I was unable to see even an inch in front of my face or even see the ground. I quickly rose to my feet, stretching my arms out in an effort to aid my sight. I wanted to find a wall or a tree or anything I could rest my hand upon. Is anyone there? Hello, I screamed. No one answered. Where am I? There was only the sound of my frightened voice echoing in the darkness. Suddenly, a dim pinhole of light broke into the void. It began to grow filling the darkness as dawn would creep over a landscape. I covered my eyes, shielding them from the brilliance. A powerfully fragrant breeze blew in my direction. It smelled like incense or myrrh. It was soft, comforting, and familiar. I could smell the lavender my mother placed on my sheets as a child and the fields of grass I would run in after primary school. I smelled piping hot earl grey tea my mother made with milk in her signature cinnamon cakes that accompanied it. Every scent I had ever loved was present. I knew someone was coming for me and I no longer feared anything. I no longer felt alone. I felt compelled to walk closer to the light. Somehow I knew everything I needed, everything I longed for was in that light. I knew someone was waiting for me. I just needed to get there, but I could not move. I was stuck. I willed every bit of power my body and mind could muster to lift my foot, but nothing happened. I can't get there. I'm trying, but I can't make it. I vocalized my predicament because I just knew someone was listening. Something in my heart told me that the person who was listening was the only one who could help me. Still, I could not move. I looked to my left and there were hundreds of people moving forward toward the light. I looked to my right and there were hundreds more moving forward. I panicked, I yelled and I cursed at them. Why could they move when I could not? I tried everything to get their attention, but their eyes were transfixed on the light ahead. Many closed their eyes and confidently walked forward, their heads held high and backs fully erect. Some had tears of joy, but everyone had a smile. They all seemed to have a shared understanding of where they were going. I watched them disappear one by one as they reached the light's origin. They all looked at peace and unafraid. On their faces, they wore the calm demeanors of men who had learned that their longest held beliefs had been confirmed. I stood and watched each one enter the light. I'm not sure how long I stood there, but I anxiously waited until the end Mm. thinking, maybe I'm last, yes, yes, that's it. (laughs) I just have to wait my turn. My turn was coming, but my turn never came. When the final figure vanished, the light blinked out of existence and darkness surrounded me once more. I glanced around me, noticing that there were others who remained like me. They had been left behind. I could hear people crying hysterically, cursing, yelling, and screaming. Let me out of here now, I heard a man demand. Do you know who I am? He proclaimed. Others began to take a cue from him and demanded to hear to be heard as well. I guess they wanted to speak to management. They all started yelling their names, credentials, and their achievements. I'm Dr. So-and-so, and I'm on the board of this. Somehow, there must have been a mistake and they should be freed. While I agreed, I understood that no longer mattered. It seemed obvious that all the things that used to put us in the front of the line did not work here. Suddenly, their faces were illuminated in a bizarre red glow. Turning toward the source, I could make out a hole in the distance that had not been there before. We could finally see each other. There must have been hundreds of thousands of us scattered everywhere. We looked at each other and I immediately had a sense of shame. Many started running. A man beside me bolted in the other direction and shoved several people as he ran. Others tried to find a place to hide, but most fell to their knees. I just stood there, frozen. If any of us didn't know what was going on, or had been lying to ourselves about what was going on, or hoping our circumstances would change. We all knew time was up. Another glowing red light from a giant hole in the ground, off in the distance, a stampede started. Everyone began to run away from the hole. People clawed and stomped on each other, each person fighting to get ahead of the other, but still having no idea where to go. A strong force aggressively began to pull me and others closer. A feeling of terror filled me. The shock of everything that had kept me emotionless completely wore off. I struggled to resist the pull, but it felt like a thousand horses dragging me in the other direction. The pull became stronger as I saw others sucked into the hole screaming, help me. I was pulled over the edge, free falling as my skin began to bubble and burst. I cried out among millions crying out, but my voice did not matter. My suffering did not matter. No one cared. I could see a dark spiky surface approaching. I hit the ground with a sickening crunch, feeling every bone in my body crack in the same instant. For a long time, I simply laid there, feeling every nerve in my body catch fire. I had no concept of time passing. Was it days? Was it years? Eons? Why was this happening? When would it end? Why me? And that's chapter one. Awesome, awesome. That sounds
0: really... I think I love the way you read. You have... (laughs) You change the tone of your voice, where it seems light, you're light, where you have to be focused, you're focused. I actually just loved re- listening to your voice. Oh, wow. Well,
1: thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, that that is chapter one. And um, that is where one of the main characters, Jade, finds himself going to hell. Um, so... Yeah, and he he's coming to the realization that whoa, this is this is where I am, and that's where the entire series begins. Um, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just in my mind, right? Why? What the reason why I paused? I was sort of trying to take it all in, and you know, because so in one of the previous episodes of my podcast. There was a lady who came on where we talked about reincarnation and oh, you know, wow. it's almost there. I guess there is some school, some schools of thought where they would say, is hell really real? And so I was mm. then trying to then just get my head around it because, you know, hell is a concept that we hear about all the time. And yes. there's some people who don't
1: actually believe that there is a hell. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of people who don't believe in certain things. And, you know, and part of the my books and why I write it is, you know, I think it's uncomfortable for our minds to go to certain places, because why would we want to think about that, right? Hmm. But in a way, if you at least consider the idea that there might be a place where those who do wrong on earth or who choose not to do what is right will end up having to suffer the consequences and i mean when we hear about some of these stories you know i i heard a story the other day um, about a man and this might be a little bit you know just a warning to some people this is a real story this is an actual story um you know if this is uncomfortable for some people to hear, it's the truth. He he was a trafficker and he trafficked young women. Um, and apparently he he would kill a lot of women, a lot of young girls and women. And he just did this. And this was just something that was an everyday thing for him. He made a lot of money off of this. And there was a guy who was interviewing him and his face was covered and you know hidden so people couldn't see who he was but he was just so disgusted with this guy. He had to end the interview. But there are people like this out here who are profiting, profiting off the misery of other people. And if people who are like that think that they can go throughout life and totally evade some sort of consequence for their actions, they're sadly mistaken you know and and I want to talk about these type of things in the book um so so that's what i focus on my my stories are fictional um it focuses on people who are not real but the the situations that people go through they are real um but yeah things like that i think about and i'm just like how could that person go throughout life thinking that what you're doing on earth, you're, you're going to receive no ramifications for. No, that's, (laughs) I don't believe that you're going to get away with doing that, you know? So that's my personal belief. Yep. Okay. So can I
0: ask you this question that sometimes runs through my head, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, because again, you know, being Nigerian, you know, it's almost impossible to not hear about religion and stuff even though i whilst i do respect most religions and i think a lot of religions they have good sides to it and not so good sides to them all the main religions right um you know Mm -hmm. so i you know made a choice to not be religious but it doesn't mean that i can't i don't respect or i can't take good things from you know all religions that i've come across But the thing that was going through my head, right, when it comes to religion and the way the world is, and I guess it's one of those ones where maybe nobody might have the answer for now. Um, So the question is, right, so there's always this thing about destiny, right? Mm, So then, you know, we say that, you know, destiny cannot be changed, for instance. Right. Mm. You know, so then, so then it then kind of like makes me wonder. So if somebody is destined to do this, right. And most of the time our actions, the thing that we have in control of, let's say our life is 100, right. I think that the things that affect our lives, we only have control of it 10% of the time. So let's mm. say, for instance, you wanted to go somewhere, right? And it will take you, say, five minutes to get there, right? But then, yeah. as you then make your way to go there, so you've left on time, you've got everything that you're doing, and then something happens and things just start. You know, it is one of those ones where it says a series of unfortunate events, you know, so they just start happening that these are things that are actually outside of your control, right? Yeah. And, so,
1: yeah. do you get what I'm trying to go for? Like, I don't know if I... No, no. No, and, no, and I, I totally see what you're saying. Sometimes you're, you, you have a plan, you're going through life. Um, your destiny is one thing, but something might derail you, right? That's kind of what you're saying, right?
0: Yes, because you don't have yeah. full 100% control over everything. So, like, a few years ago, so there was this scandal in the UK where they said, meat was contaminated so i think was it beef i can't remember anyway so meat was contaminated with horse meat right so now people oh, wow. have gone there right and they go to the supermarket they look at it and it's like oh this is beef i want to eat beef right but then they didn't know that they ended up eating horse meat right <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah I mean? well,
1: sometimes yeah and you know and and I see what you're saying, and, and this is how I've always thought about it, right? I've always thought about everything as there's God who oversees every, everybody. He's there. He's watching. A lot of us are protected by grace at the end of the day, and we have free will. And so I think everything works together. Everybody works together, and as much as people like to think that our lives are isolated um, and it's separated from different people. It's not. We all are on this earth together. And I personally think that God uses a lot of us to execute his plans, right? And so I think that each of us, there is a a perfect plan for us. God created us with an idea of what it is that we could accomplish to glorify the kingdom and help each other and keep this thing running well as intended. And I think we're each given talents that help us execute this. Right now, sometimes our own free will and what we choose to do can throw us off of this path. And then also what other people choose to do or not do could affect us. So for example, with the, the idea of horse meat, you go to the, the store expecting to buy beef but someone else (laughs) decided to package this and put horse meat in there, you know? Is that God's fault or is that someone's own decision to do those type of things, right? So I think that we're all interconnected and the more that we see that, the more we understand that there is a responsibility on each of us to make this world a better place. So for example, I have a, a wonderful story that I heard one day. And it actually brought tears to my eyes. So this woman, um, she had a a large family. I think she might've had three sons. All of them were off out of her house in college now. And she always cooked big meals. She just can't help herself. You know, she had uh, three boys who loved to eat. So she always made large meals. So she was in the kitchen and she realized she cooked way too much food. And she's like, why did I cook all this food, right? So something told her, she didn't know what it was. Something just popped in her head and said, listen, you know what, pack up all this food, drive down the street, and when you see someone's top, and talk to them. She didn't know why (laughs) this came into her mind, she just did it. So she packed up her food, she drove down the street, she ended up seeing someone on the corner and she was like, hey, uh, you know, I have all this food here. I don't know, do you know what I could do with it? That person said, you know what? There's a woman and she has a couple of kids. They are hungry, they need food. And um, they, she, she literally said she didn't know what she was gonna do today. She goes and she brings that woman the food the woman breaks down, she starts crying and she's like, oh my God, I prayed. I didn't know how I was going to eat today. I didn't know how I was going to feed my family today. And you just came along. Stories like that show me that we're all connected. And sometimes when you get an idea to do something right, it might be that God is telling you to do it. Just act just do it. Right. So the other thing I wanted to talk about with the idea of destiny is sometimes we can get off track. Yes, we can make poor decisions in our own life, but we can always get back. You know, we can always find our way back. And a good example I like to think about is someone, let's say, who got caught up in drugs and alcohol. They, mm-hmm. they always wanted to be a teacher. They were like, man, I always wanted to be a teacher, but then I got caught up in drugs, I got caught up in this, and now I can't be. No, you might still be able to be a teacher. In fact, you still can. Maybe your story is stronger now. Your background has changed, but what you're meant to do hasn't. Your purpose is still the same. So now this person who has cleaned up his or her life can now be a counselor and now tell people you know, what to avoid moving forward. You're still a teacher. You might not be teaching math, but you're teaching about life experience and you're still fulfilling your purpose. So I like to always focus on those type of things. It doesn't matter what your past is. It's about what you want to do moving forward. You still have a purpose. And that's also what my books focus on. So.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely, um, It does make sense. Um, And I do understand that sometimes some people need that focus that religion gives to help Mm -hmm. them do right. Because I think some people, you know, when it feels like there is no, it doesn't make any difference. um, like Why should I even bother? Um, You know, so I can totally, you know, get, you know, with that. Um, but then with the idea of hell, right, doesn't it mm-hmm. say that, you know, it's not, let me try and remember what the saying is, you are not saved by work or by deed, but by grace. So it doesn't yeah. matter what it is that you do. You're not saved because of what you quote unquote do. Isn't Isn't that what it says? I think yeah, nice.
1: yeah. Because Because the idea is that none of us are perfect and that it is... Literally, you if you tried to do everything right and be a perfect person your entire life, it would be impossible, you know. And so, the grace of God is actually what helps you get through. Um, that's kind of the idea of the whole thing, but but with that being said, there's a difference between um, not doing anything at all for anyone else <laughs> and you know. And then actually trying to make an effort to help other people because that's also what, um, faith requires. You have to help other people. You have to do that as well, but that alone won't get you through because it's just impossible to do everything right. So there's, there's something where it's like, okay, so what is it that we can do? And the thing is to find faith, to understand and study. And I I believe in studying the Bible, to kind of understand some of these concepts to help clarify anything that doesn't make sense. And, and that's where, you know, I always redirect people, you know, and I think that's what my book focuses on too. You know, focus on the word. So where you don't understand something or where things are unclear, open the Bible, read for yourself, study for yourself. Um, and that's kind of where I direct people Definitely. So don't trust what I say necessarily. Just read for yourself. That's what I'd say. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So just one sort of last question, hopefully, right? Um, Let me see how I'm going to phrase it. I think, or I feel that the best friendships that I have are those where it's very unconditional, right? be my friend unconditionally love me unconditionally don't don't be my friend because of whatever reason that whatever that because you know would be and one of the things that i've got one of my little hiccups about religion is where some people it seems that they're doing it because they want to quote unquote be saved rather than I'm doing this because you know I can understand what it is to not have or because Absolutely. I want to help
1: someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so you're you're like, is what's genuine and what's doing it to protect yourself, right? That's kind of where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, see, and that's why I think. Faith, when you truly believe in stuff, um, especially when you believe in what you're saying, it shows in your actions as well. you know, who you are, it shows in your character and all of those type of things. And so these things will naturally come out. At the end of the day, like if you're a person who um, believes in these things, truly believes in these things, you care about other people. But the thing about it is, and this is where we have to be careful, too, Because when you say about friendship being unconditional, that's nice to think about, but my best friends have been the ones who have stopped me when I have been doing wrong, or who have told me, hey, maybe you should think about this because I don't wanna see you hurt, you know? And so sometimes I think, especially in our, our society, we're afraid to tell people hey man you know i do love you i do love you and i do care about you but you're hurting yourself and i don't want to see you do that i will help that's what i mean
0: though that's you know that's a friend what i mean by unconditional where somebody loves you unconditionally you know, like there's some people who would only ever be your friend because you're what's the word now you've got your social friends right who are not interested in anything. And they're only there because, you know, you're the social person, the go-to. And then you've got the money from, you you know, the people will never call you when they need money. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Do you know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So so some people who are kind of using you for what you can give and not just for who you are. Okay, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there like that. (laughs) You know, um, I don't, I don't know why that is. I think, um, and I I think that's a very sad place to be where you don't know who you can trust on any level. You know, Um, I don't know why people are like that. I think a lot of people want to try and get ahead and they don't mind trying to step on people in order to get ahead and do those type of things. I don't know if I could call those people. faithful people. I don't know what those people actually believe in. I have no idea. But the truth is, you know, if you're a friend, you care about the person, regardless, you care about the person, you care about the person enough to tell them. You also are there for that person when they need you in serious times of need. And that's, that makes perfect sense to me. I don't know where a lot of these people come from because there are some people like that who literally are just around to benefit themselves, and it, it's it's sad so Yes, it is.
0: but you know, it was nice it was nice chatting with you because you know it's every once in a while I get a religious person come on the show, and it's nice to sort of just hear a different perspective so even though I believe in God and I but I am not religious at all um it's sort of just nice to hear someone else's point of view um because I try to not have religious conversations because people get very touchy um about their
1: faith yeah and and this is the thing right part of part of having a conversation is to understand that not everyone's going to agree, right? Agree with people's thoughts and feelings. But at the end of the day, we should still be able to respect each other, you know? And so, and yeah, and if you can get to the point where you can still respect a person because you see that this person has a life, they have a family, they have, um, they're someone's mother, they're someone's daughter, um, whatever the shared experience that you have, but they have a different perspective. Okay, we can still talk calmly and peacefully, you know. So I really respect that about you. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's like I
0: think the best person that I met in my life, right? Um so he's Malaysian, right? And you know, it was like he was just one of these people where we just met and it was almost like he was my twin. Uh, but then he's Malaysian. And so we were having a conversation once, and he told me that his parents, whenever they visit another land, quote unquote, another country, another place, wherever, right, that they always go to the place of worship. It doesn't matter what it is that they worship, right? And they pay respect to that new place that they're going to. And I'm like, that just makes sense, right? Because you know, just because you don't agree with something or you don't know something doesn't mean you can't pay respect and say, hey, I'm in your
1: land, you know, kudos, how you doing, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, you're you're literally just exploring. You're in a new place. So it's just like you want to be respectful to the people of the place that you come, you know? So that makes perfect sense to me, you know, just being respectful to people and you can still maintain your own views. And that's fine. You know?
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: But anyway, so remind us again,
0: when is your next book coming up? Because your book now sounds, you know, quite interesting. And I like to get, I like sometimes books, when you're reading the synopsis, when you're reading about a book, it doesn't really tell you much about the person behind the book in what inspired them and what, whereas I think I almost feel like I know you now.
1: Wow, that's cool. I, I like that. And I'm glad I had the opportunity to to just share the book, just read a passage from it, you know? Um, And yeah, so the book is coming out October 15th, and you can find it on Amazon. That'll probably be the easiest place to find it. And um, yeah, so connect with me, reach out to me. Um, I, I'm happy to answer questions. I'm happy to talk to people, those type of things. So Yeah, because I think even people
0: who are not religious, they might be curious. They might want to ask you something.
1: And that is actually the goal. And I'm so glad you said this. The goal was to write a book that was intriguing enough to get people to just read it. Just open it up. Check it out. Tell me what your thoughts are, you know? And that was the entire point. So... (laughs) you just hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Um you can find me on Twitter at a knowing spirit. In fact, all of my social media is a knowing spirit. And so if you type that in, you will find me. Uh you'll find the community that is growing rapidly. Uh we are close to 20,000 people on Facebook right now. So that is a huge blessing. And we just want to continue to, to, you know, just spread the word, share information. And we want people to join in, just talk, join the conversation, tell us what you think. And so, yeah.
0: I like that. Join the conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, the conversation. We're talking, you know?
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure um, chatting with you today. And hopefully sometime in the future, you will
1: grace our, you know, our our ears again. Absolutely. I thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been an honor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been,
0: it's the end of another episode of the Shagelola Salami show. I hope you found my conversation with Candice quite interesting um, and her reading of her book. Um, You know, please do go check it out. If you know anyone who may like it, you know, do free, feel free to refer the book on, you know, it might just show you a different insight into something you may or may not um, already know. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shekia Lola Salami Show. If you've not already done so, please do um, leave a review and let me know what you think of the show. Thank you. Bye now.